again, listeners, and welcome to the second of our special footnote episodes with me, Chris Holiday, And me, Alex Sargent. So for this one, we're taking on, we've already done animation, we're taking on a second sort of meaty topic, mm. the um, the second part, if you will, of, of the fantasy animation project uh, of fantasy. Now, of course, fantasy, uh, as you will hear over the coming footnote episodes, sort of... Uh, spreads out into lots and lots of diff- uh, different iterations, different modes, um, media, mediums and genres, if you mm. will. But um, I certainly came to this whole whole shebang not knowing much about fantasy mm. and probably know just a little bit more than I did back then. So I'm very much going to hand over to, to the expert in this case. Um, so fantasy, this yeah. is... We've got the 10-minute timer. I've got the... Gonna, t- yeah, we're okay. Gonna need, we're going to need every single second of this one. Okay, and Alex, so this is... Yeah. In yeah. 10 minutes, yeah. we're going to do it. It's fine. Yeah, we are. So... Yeah. I'm not going to... Well, maybe this is an impossible question. Alex, yeah. what is fantasy go? Okay, so it's 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 loads of things, and we'll have to cover lots of different definitions and things on different footnote episodes. Um, if we're spelling it with an F, which people tend to do, and if we're talking about it in the context of this podcast, we're talking about a genre, okay? Uh, okay. That's a slippery term. Academics really tie themselves up in knots about what's a genre, what's a type, what's a mode, yeah, what's yeah. A, all this kind of stuff. I'm happy to call it a genre. Let's just call it a genre. It's a type of storytelling. Yep. The problem with it is that it's a type of storytelling that's very nebulous, that's that's very much entrenched within um, massive kind of cultural problems that are very much specific to America and Western Europe. Okay. Um, it requires a definition of what reality is, and if anyone who's ever seen The Matrix or the recent Matrix Revolutions, whatever the hell it's called, will know reality is a tricky concept, man. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. But basically, fantasy is a type of storytelling in which things happen in the story uh, that the readers and writers uh, don't think would happen in reality. Okay, so let's journey back a little bit. Cool. Um, there's obviously a confrontation between fantasy and genre. So let's, before we call you know, call it a genre and then call the whole thing off, as they say, um, what are some of the other competing ways that fantasy has been understood? If it's not a genre, because I think lots of people may have encountered fantasy as a genre um, on kind of sh- online shopping outlets sure. in, in Blockbuster when that was a thing that yep. existed. What are some of the other non-generic ways of thinking about <laughs> fantasy that you perhaps, um, yeah, ha- yeah, have a bit of a, an issue with, if, if we call it a genre? Then. Yeah, well, well, again, we're going to have to do a footnote episode on genre, but, sure. but the way academics talk about genre, they tend to mean a kind of set, of, a list of things that they can look for in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and a good example, the easy example is the Western, or it's not easy anymore because people don't make Westerns, but we always use the Western. The Western has what we call a semantic and syntactic set of content. Semantic just means the stuff you can see on screen. So like saloons, cowboy hats, big kind of frontier imagery, stuff like that. um, Syntactic means kind of the, the thematics of what the story is about. So a Western is usually about civilization versus nature. Yeah. It usually has a loner character who's a very masculine figure who comes into civilization and back out. So a Western is a thing you can literally sit down and do a checklist of and go, okay, it fits the semantic and syntactic content, it's a Western. And maybe you can do that with science fiction, you can do that with... Um, film noir to an extent, yeah, you can yeah. do that with romantic comedies. You can't really do it with fantasy, because as I say, all fantasy is at its core is a type of storytelling whereby things happen in the um, situation that wouldn't happen in real life, the storyteller knows wouldn't happen in real life, and the audience knows wouldn't happen in real life. It can be as broad as Pan's Labyrinth, as Mary Poppins, as The Lord of the Rings, okay. as all these different types of stories, and that's why we've got a podcast about it, because that means we can do a lot of episodes. Okay, so I, I mean, I would say, yeah, you're right, that scholars do lean towards the Western as, as a way of exemplifying the stakes of genre, because it's very stable, because... Um, 
the semantic and the syntactic and the way that you've described it, that the, the clothes on the washing line, but the line itself, the way in which these yeah. blo building blocks are arranged. Um, but so are you saying that fantasy isn't as stable as something like the way, or even the musical, yeah. uh, relatively um, kind of coherent, broadly speaking. Yeah. Not every film interacts with its genre in the same way, but I, I think a lot of listeners would sort of go, well, yeah, but I know a fantasy film when I see one, because there actually is a relatively stable um, semantic and syntactic kind of set of criteria. Is that well, not? Right, so the problem with that is The Lord of the Rings, is that that stable set of semantic and okay. syntactic criteria is largely a post-1950 thing, and it's really a response to Lord of the Rings and the phenomenal success of Lord of the Rings. We tend to call that particular subgenre that, you know, alternative worlds, uh, goblins, elves, uh, magical yeah. trinkets, going on a quest, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. We tend to call that high fantasy or heroic fantasy or Tolkien-esque fantasy. Okay. And as I say, it's only really existed for 50 years. And it means that if that's how you're defining fantasy, then you can't count Mary Poppins. Um, and, and a world where you can't count Mary Poppins is not a world I want to live in. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> this is very, but so, so, so Mary Poppins is a different. If, if going back to your earlier point, yeah. that some some scholars would say that fantasy, and, and I'm going back now through our episodes, thinking through the ways that you've described fantasy as as a genre, but then also like an impulse or something sure, like sure, that. Sure. So, so Mary Poppins and Lord of the Rings are both fantasies. If we if we take a broad yeah. view of the term, or at least destabilize its its identity or its markers yeah, by being it, a little bit more inclusive, it becomes a term like comedy or poetry or or these kind right. of words. Where actually comedy films, there isn't a stable iconography for a comedy film. The only thing that makes something a comedy movie is it makes us laugh, and it yeah. consistently tries to make us laugh. Um, yeah. The only thing that makes something poet well, what the hell is poetry? That's another <laughs> thing. But like you know, these terms are never meant to be codified and. And um, blockbustered. Uh, they're not. They're, you know, if you went and saw a, a, I mean, I guess you do in Waterstone see poetry, but it can be thousands of different examples within poetry. Yeah. yeah. So the term can still have meaning. It's just a very broad and nebulous term. Now, I'm very, ha I'm very happy to call it a genre. Other people will argue yeah, it, yeah. it won't, and it really is about genre theory. That yeah, if you're yeah. out there in the real world. I mean, I say call it a genre. As you say, it's on Netflix. That's basically the definition of a genre, isn't it? Well, yeah. <laughs> like well, for 90% of people in the world, that's basically a type of story that I can recognise from a word. Yeah. Putting into words exactly what a fantasy is is really difficult, but you do know it. You do know it. And, I, yeah, and, the, yeah. and the key is, is how does it make you feel? Because the three ways you can distinguish between other genres is there's horror, there's science fiction, and, and there's fantasy. All three are part of a broader kind of impulse towards making stories in which stuff happens that we know or don't believe in. But horror scares us. Science fiction tries to offer an element of plausibility. That spaceship will be invented. Those laser beams will be created by someone. We will go to Mars. And fantasy goes, don't worry, it's impossible, but you can enjoy it, and it's affirming and pleasurable. Okay, so is this presumably then what attract this presumably then what attracted you to to fantasy? Because when you said you know it and you can recognise it, yeah. um, it, it does have it does have a relatively state. Well, I mean, I don't know. It, it seems to have a relatively stable um, set of conventions, but I also know that you're interested more in a sort of spectatorship of fancy fantasy as something that has a set of codes and conventions, but also makes audiences feel a particular mm. kind of sense of awe and... Yeah, a, a particular kind of thing. And actually putting into words that particular kind of thing is a really um, yeah, complicated process, because it's about affirming, an affirming encounter with the impossible. 
Okay. You know, I mean, that's my theory. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not everybody's theory. You know, a lot of people will... Wonder is a word a lot of literary um, scholars will use. Yeah. Wonder is a, a god, another footnote. We're, we're, we're stacking them up now. What the hell is wonder? But the wonder in the impossible, if I wanted to be diplomatic in my language, would be a good way of defining what a fantasy story does yeah, rather yeah. than what it is. Okay, so we've got a couple of minutes left. Okay. So just before I ask you for some sort of uh, yeah fantasy recommendations, yeah. Um, we're sort of arguing that fantasy is a broad term that splinters off into lots and lots of different kind of types. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to just very, very quickly, um, and this may be too much to say in, in a, <laughs> a minute or so, but um, I'm thinking about fantasy as something that didn't begin in film, it begins in literature. Yeah, and it's yeah, sort yeah. of, it's something that, it's a genre that, that, traverses different media forms as much as it be, is a sort of very popular form right. of blockbuster filmmaking. So, so the standard narrative of where fantasy comes from yeah. is it's two people's fault. It's Aristotle's fault um, and it's, well, I guess it's, it's not one other person. It's, it's Aristotle and the European Enlightenment's fault. Okay. Aristotle <laughs> wrote um, the Poetics, the first work of literary criticism, at least in the Western traditions, yeah, 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 um, who argues that basically poetry is good when it is mimetic and it's terrible when it isn't which creates a whole splintering of what poetry can do and what art can do, when actually all art is essentially an attempt to both replicate the world and also invent things for yourself, right? If I was to retell the story of this conversation, I would try to replicate what happened, but also I'd be inventive and I'd be creative. And that's, you know, tangled up in everything. So Aristotle divided us into two camps. We had to be fantasists or we have to be um, people that replicate reality. So he's to blame. And then what happened was the European Enlightenment and superstition and folklore and all the kind of enchanted ways of seeing the world that were very popular yep. within society got pushed into a kind of um, obscene, in the kind of traditional sense of the word, offstage sense of the, of the word. So there was a necessity in the sort of 17th, 18th century to start creating stories in which self-consciously we celebrated the impossible. Um, that's where we got people like George MacDonald and Lewis Carroll and, and people coming out of romanticism and all this kind of stuff. Another footnote, another podcast. <laughs> um, that's where it comes from. So it's a very much entrenched within Western European and American, North American settlers, I should say, um, definitions of what reality is and what reality is supposed to look like. Brilliant. Okay, so 30 seconds left. Give me, if people are interested in right. fantasy, what are they reading? Right, well, all right, two two places. One, uh, Farrell Mendelssohn and Edwards James's, uh, I think it's called A Very sh a very Short History of Fantasy Fiction. I might have butchered the title there, but it's a very, very good um, explanation of, of fantasy from myth to present day. Yep. Um, and then, of course, Encountering the Impossible, the Fantastic in Hollywood Fantasy Cinema, my book where I go over the arguments I've made today and distinguish myself from other scholars. Great, perfect. You've got 10 seconds left to do with whatever you want. Plug the book again or just let it Encountering the Impossible, the Fantastic in Hollywood Fantasy Cinema. Wonderful. Uh, and that is three... Two. Two, one. Oh. And we are done. There you go. There you are, listeners. Fantasy in 10 minutes. If you've got any suggestions for any terms or just questions in general you want us to answer in 10 minutes or less, uh, email us at fananimresearch, F-A-N-A-N-I-M, research at gmail.com, um, and we'd be delighted to feature them on a future episode. But that's been us for another episode, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>